Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. The most interesting thing about the Bible is that it contains many stories of human activity and human behavior that has been going on since humanity was created. Even in the year 2020 now, with all that we're going through, people's behaviors and attitudes can already be found in the Bible by past stories and past events. It's really cyclical. And so if you want to know what we're dealing with today right now, in the Bible, everything we've dealt with, dealing with now, has been dealt with in the Bible. And these are teaching stories of reminding us what we've learned, how God is part of that, and what we're called to remember and avoid in our lives. And we see that quite clearly by today's scriptures. Our first reading from the book of Isaiah comes in the third section. It deals with the people returning back from exile in Babylon, a time period when they were taken away from their land. King Cyrus, a pagan king, allows the people to come back even when they're sacred vessels. And they begin to build the temple. Here's what the people understand. In the ancient times, gods would only be effective and powerful in their own territories. There are many gods. And so their power only lasts in that section. When the people were taken away, they found out that God has authority and power in foreign lands. And so they began the concept of a universal God for the first time. And when they returned back, foreigners began to start appearing. And they are intermarrying into the culture, as well as bringing their own religion. This is the most difficult time right now because there is a lot of social upheaval that's happening around the area and the environment. And included in this are all these foreigners bringing their own religion. What should we do? Even though God teaches them that he's a universal God, Nehemiah and Ezra make a poor decision that really doesn't see the inclusion of people who are foreigners. And in fact, it takes more centuries in order when Jesus appears to understand God's inclusive and inviting nature, that he is the universal God, not just for a small group of people, but for even people that we consider are foreigners. We can see that quite clearly in Matthew's gospel today. Jesus goes to a territory that he spoke about as a godless area. Sidon and Tyre. And he says, if his miracles had happened there, they would have easily converted. But it's a godless pagan territory. And it's so interesting that Jesus acts out of character today. As he's approached by a Canaanite, a pagan woman who asked for help from Jesus for her daughter, who is ill. And Jesus pretty much ignores her. In fact, the disciples are so upset with this persistent woman, tell her to go away, get out of here, quit bothering her. Jesus, tell her to get lost. And he still doesn't respond, and yet the woman is constantly persistent. She even uses the language that talks about sharing in the abundance of God. And Jesus quotes something that's very familiar that's out of character. Well, the dogs shouldn't be receiving food from the table. Now, that's not what Jesus is believing, but he's showing the cultural mindset that's happening there. 
The Jewish belief is Israel is elected God's people. And they are the ones that have a special place at the banquet table. And God's abundance is given to them. And the dogs are Gentiles. Part of the dogs that comes about is that dogs at that time would just eat anywhere and everywhere. And that's what people would say makes them unclean. So the Gentiles are considered unclean. And so he's talking to the woman of saying, why should you have any food? The mindset again of that time. And notice the persistence of the faith of the woman. She goes, wait a minute, Jesus. Israel has all the abundance at the table. They have their rightful place at the table. But God's abundance is so overflowing that whatever scraps come, the children of God are not denied. We can share in this. I want my daughter to live fully. I want to live fully. And notice that Jesus is showing that it's not the impressive miracle. It's really the faith and the persistence of the woman, a pagan woman, who sees the abundance of God and wants to share in that. Jesus, through Matthew's gospel, is showing how Jesus breaks a barrier, a cultural barrier, a mindset barrier, a border that says, you are dogs and you shouldn't share. And yet he is so moved by a woman who says, this obstacle is not going to keep me away from God's abundance. I want Christians today to kind of look at these scriptures and go, what are some of the barriers we Christians can put up with? And what's our, our response that we can avoid such barriers? I came across a blog written by Scott Souls. And he listed four things that were interesting that Christians struggle with in barriers. The first barrier of Christians that place on the world and people who are not Christians is the barrier of condemnation. Being seen by people as intolerant, not inviting, judgmental, and saying, until you get your act together, you are not welcome to be part of our community, part of our faith. Even Catholics would say, not even receiving sacraments rightly or in a state of grace. That condemnation then is how people sometimes see Christians. And there are enough Christians who give really poor and bad examples of Christianity. Not anything that Jesus does. Jesus clearly responds to a pagan woman who is persistent and says, what great faith. Christians can learn about faith if we are in relationship with people who are not like us. One, we can be great witnesses, but two, they can also teach us about ourselves and about the universality of God. Notice how the poor decisions of the leaders in the Old Testament reading today about not accepting foreigners and not saying that they can bring into the society as well. And it took more centuries before Jesus appeared and gave the reminder that God is a universal God for all. And so we may think we're not judgmental or we think we're very inviting, but yet the perception is real for people who aren't Christians that sometimes we are seen as intolerant, not accepting, very condemning, and very judgmental. There is the barrier of separation. 
A separation that sets Christians, it's us against the world. So secular people, we avoid and we separate ourselves from secular ideas, from secular institutions. And we just separate ourselves and say, we want no part of that because we are different and we need to protect ourselves. And it's kind of a circling of the wagon and a real distrust of the world. And many times people take advantage of that because when you have a perceived enemy out there, you control people's minds, you control their behavior because what you do is you teach them to be fearful of things, whether they're true or not. The barrier of separation then means I want nothing to do with the world. And yet, Jesus tells us to go into the world. We need community to help protect us and form us, but not at the expense of being fearful and circling the wagons and saying only people who passed a certain test can make it. That's why I love the image from 9-11 when we saw first responders as heroes That really began to see that again in a new way. That when everyone was leaving the burning buildings, they were the ones that went in to save lives. Shouldn't Christians be the same? If Christians don't enter the world, if they only see the world as bad, who is going to help the world? Who is going to model to the world? And so if it's all of us just being fearful and saying, we want nothing to do with secular institutions. That's why one of the most beautiful things I love doing was coaching and still coaching at Sunny Slope High School football for about 12 seasons. Just love being there. And it's a secular institution, but yet it's probably one of the most godly communities I've ever seen. People who are just good, many who love God, who've rediscovered God, who are already living God there. I never had to bring God there. God was already there. I just simply watch and walk with them and learn from them as they learn from me in modeling to each other. The third barrier is the barrier of smugness. What can happen is when Christians become friends and advocates for people who are looked down upon or who are not valued. Why would you care for such people? Why are you friends with such people? Jesus experienced that too when he's questioned by religious leaders and authorities of that day is, why would you eat with people that we've determined as unclean, not like us, not with us? And so it's interesting when Christians speak on behalf of those who are vulnerable, And yet people respond like, America first, us first. There isn't enough to go around. And the smugness happens is is that we only think of ourselves first. Why would you care for other people? And it's really sad when I've had Christians, even our own parishioners who come up and said, why would you care for such prisoners? They deserve to be there. They broke the law. Why would you care for people at the border? They come here illegally. Why should we care about them at the border? And why should we care about separation of family? If they just simply follow the law or went back where they came from, everything's fine. Why should we care for the poor and those who struggle? Why should we care for people? Because all they do is take and they're not even givers and there's not enough to go around. These are Christians who do not understand scriptures. Even the pagan woman understand the abund- understood the abundance of God. God, we're not taking Israel's spot. It's just that you are so abundant in giving of gifts that it overflows. 
My God, I'm always reminded that our country's the best in the world and the richest in the world and the most important in the world, and yet we have the gall to be able to say there isn't enough. Us first. That is so not of God. That is the barrier of smugness. Why would you care for any people that are not like us and can't get their act together? And so that's why we need to be advocates for such people. And it's sad when fellow Christians don't understand that because they only see a God of scarcity, not a God of abundance. Don't listen to those people. Just know that there's always enough to go around because God provides. It's the sin to think that God is a God of scarcity when he's given us everything. My goodness, I mean, I'm tired of hearing from people that what's wrong? It is a tough time right now. And it is lack of leadership of guiding. What are we going to do? How do we respond? But yet, look what we have. Still water. Still freedom. Still safety. Still the ability to live a life that is still comfortable in somewhat ways, or at least we have food and shelter. And yet, all we think of what's lacking rather than what we have. And so that barrier of smugness can be, why would you care for other people? Think of us first. That is not a barrier that God is saying yes to, but to break down that barrier. And the final barrier then is the one of pride. That we look down at other people, that we don't have the humility of saying, yeah, I've had brokenness in my life too. I know what it's like to doubt God. I know what it's like to live a life of selfishness, of self-abuse, of not being my best, of not loving my family or other people. And you know, if we can be really vulnerable and real, that's an invitation. That's why whenever I look for confessors, I look for real confessors who've maybe gone through 12-step programs or who have shared homilies or stories with me that, that talks about struggles in their lives. Those are the Christians I want. We don't want Christians that are so perfect that they never speak or never reveal how broken we are, how much we need God. And so the sin of pride is we just look down on other people and we make this level that is so unattainable to anyone. Your brokenness and mine is really making us wounded healers. That we can still heal, that we can still care for other people, that we can still share with other people, even in spite of our darkness and brokenness and sin. And so these four major barriers can really be a hindrance to people knowing who Christ is. And so I invite you then, Not to condemn, but to invite, to journey with. Not to separate yourself, but run into the world with enthusiasm that shows that you can model good marriages, good families, good attitudes, good behaviors that can inspire others. Don't be smug, but rather be advocates for those who many times are looked down upon and not valued. And don't be afraid to be vulnerable. These are the things that break down barriers and allow people to come to know who God is through our lives. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 